Uh, okay, so going back to Kevin and Cindy Booth coming to restoration as an apostolic vision. So this is the model that we see from scriptures of, uh, in terms of how Jesus is building up his church and equipping his church. So obviously for us, as a uh, local church, we don't have all the gifting. So we're, we're to get help, uh, help, additional teaching, and, and revelation from someone else. And eventually as we grow and we step more into what God has for us, we can do the same thing to other people in other churches. Uh, and we see that specifically, you know, I, I know you guys have heard me talk about that a lot, but specifically in Ephesians chapter 4, that is how he's building his church. And it's, um, we see that a lot in the book of Acts from the standpoint that Paul was traveling around to a lot of different local churches, not only build, um, uh, starting churches, but also equipping churches. And that's why he was writing letters to them. Uh, it, it's, it's a way for all of us to be able to grow into the whole measure of the fullness of Jesus Christ. And we also saw the example, not only Paul was doing that, but um, the other disciples in the book of Acts, they were going to different regions and different churches to, again, as I said, encouraging, strengthening, and building up the local church churches. So briefly, that's the model that Jesus is building his church, and that's what we see. So each at least we see that each church should act, operate as an autonomous church with its own uh, leadership team, but uh, each local church should have a relationship and a partnership with other churches, with one another. And um, the, the reason is each local church should not and is not meant to function or operate by itself, by herself. Because the churches are meant to be connected to one another, right? Because we all serve Jesus. He's the head of the church, the universal church, but we all need to be connected together so we can help strengthen each other so the bride, the universal bride will grow and be strengthened and we are to support each other. So just as any local church should not isolate herself from the other, lo other local churches, it is the same as each of us should not isolate ourselves from other followers of Jesus Christ. Because we are here we are to have relationship and partnership with one another, just as the local church is to have relationship and partnership with other churches. We, individually, are to have relationship and partnership with one another as followers of Jesus Christ. So we all know, or at least we should know, that uh, isolation, when we isolate ourselves, when we remove ourselves from the group, that's the worst thing. That's the worst thing for a Jesus Christ believer. And it is the best thing for the devil. Um, if you did not know this, I will say this again. Isolation is the worst thing for a Christian. And it's the best thing for the devil. The devil will see that as prime fresh meat. That, that he can come and manipulate and lies and put doubt in our minds. Because um, we see that verse 18 verse 1. Whoever isolates himself or herself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. So when we isolate ourselves, we seek our own desire and we break out against sound judgment because there's no one there to give us sound, sound judgment. So even people who don't know Jesus or even people who don't know scriptures, uh, I know we have therapists here so they can tell you this. Even if they don't believe in God, they know that it's not healthy and it's not good to isolate ourselves as our thoughts will turn negative against us. It will against us and against others. 
Our negative thoughts will cause us to do destructive things, or destructive thoughts, things to our, destructive things to ourselves, or uh, destructive things to those we love, or those who love us. Um, it's the same thing as a divide and conquer strategy. The devil wants to separate us, divide us, take us away from our group, and then start speaking lies and doubts into our minds and cause us to go in a way that we shouldn't be going. So therefore, each local church should have a partnership and a relationship with some other local churches. And as I mentioned earlier, um, we can see that in scripture what it looks like corporately, but what does it look like from an individual perspective, right, of having a relationship and a partnership with one another. So I'm talking about relationship and partnership from a biblical standpoint. Uh, from a biblical standpoint, it's not just saying hi, you know, asking very selfish questions. I am guilty of that sometimes. It's like, hi, how are you? How's the job? How's the family? And then you move on. So in the, in, in the world that we live in, that is more than enough. Right? That's more than enough because you actually may be going too deep if you ask someone about how's their job or how's their family. That's more than enough because that's what people consider as having a relationship with one another. However, in a biblical relationship and biblical partnership, it goes so much deeper than just those introductory questions or those surface questions. In fact, in scriptures, there is not such a thing as we should have relationship with one another, or we should have a partnership with one another. It's, at least I didn't find it because I actually tried to look it up and I was trying to search it, um, search, research that in, in scriptures. Uh, uh, partnership and relationship are terms that we use to help everybody understand that we are to be together, to help people who is not familiar with scriptures to understand what we are doing, what we are part of. Because in scriptures, we're not told to have a partnership or relationship. We are told to love one another. This is leading into what I uh, would like to share for this morning because we are told to actually, we're, we were commanded, we're commanded by Jesus to love one another. And what I want to share for was from John uh, 13, verse 34 and 35. Uh, you should see it in the back of me. This is Jesus speaking. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. Not you should or not. You may think about it. You must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's challenging, isn't it? <laughs> so this is Jesus speaking us, to, you know, to his, his disciples, to his followers, and to all of us. So I want to say it again. As I have loved you, as in, love one another as I have loved you, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another like how I have loved you. So Jesus didn't tell us to have relationship with one another, right? He didn't say, hey, you need to have a partnership with one another. You must love one another as I have loved you. So uh, the original word love in this uh, passage is being used here. It's not just love that we're so familiar with, that we use often. It's the agape love. So this term love is not the same, as I said, that, that we throw out on an everyday basis, such as I love my new dress, right? Um, it's not the same as I love my new jacket, which I know I say that a lot. Uh, I love Chicago Bears, even though they suck. Uh, 
I love this restaurant. I love that restaurant. I actually love the Vikings. So the Vikings are good. They, they, they will always be good. So this, this term love, agape love, is the highest form of love, the most pure form of love. It's as Jesus has loved us, right? It's a selfless and unconditional love. Um, so Jesus' agape love for us, we know this. It was a selfless, unconditional love because he died for us, right? And he's trying to tell us, you are to love one another just as I have loved you, as in how I have loved you. See, that's the standard that he's expecting from us, that he unconditionally died for us without any expectations, without any condition at all. And he dies for us even when we were sinners, even when we rejected him, even though there are some people who still would not accept him. He died for everyone. That's the type of love that he was trying to tell us. His great love for us was not because you know, sometimes maybe you love someone because you're having a good week. It's like, yeah, I love everybody. Life is good. I love you all. It's not because of that. Or it's not because you have a good day, a good week, or a good year. It's not because you're expecting someone to return the favor because you love them. It's not because you're trying to be generous to us. That's scripture has to say about this agape love in terms of how we are to love one another. And it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8 and 13. I think I have it up there, but I really want to read this through so we can all fully understand what this agape love means. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, they will pass away. But the greatest of these is love. So this passage on love, I think most of us have heard this before, and it's often used at weddings. There's nothing wrong with that. Because it, the, these verses do apply to couples who are about to be married. That's what love is between um, a husband and wife. However, I want to point out that the passage on love in this chapter, in this letter, the Apostle Paul was writing to everyone is to the people of the church in Corinth. Corinth. So this passage on love is not just for reserve, just not for love between husband and wife. It is for all followers of Jesus Christ. The just, just to jump back a little bit, the intention for 1 Corinthians was to give practical handles uh, on church leadership. Uh, give practical handles on Christian doctrines, on how to handle sins, right? Uh, give correct teaching on the spiritual gifts, on how each member is to behave toward one another, uh, because we're one body, right? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just briefly, uh, it was using an example of us different, we are as each different mem uh, body member in one, belonging to one body with, with one Holy Spirit. So in general, it is a lot of emphasizing the Christian conduct in the local church. We are to live, and it's, it's, um, it's encouraging us that we are to live differently from everyone else around us because we 
are different. We have been bought at a tremendous price. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, it said, you were bought at a price. Each and every one of us were bought at a price. And that price was God's love for us. It required his agape love for us, his, his, his selfless and unconditional love for us, so we can receive eternal salvation. So to very briefly sum up the reason for uh, 1, Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians, is, to, is Paul is trying to tell the church in Corinth how to not, how to not allow the current culture and the uh, influence to affect what the church is about. So to go back to the term love, right? We use that term love often, and we hear that term love often, like, I love your dress, I love this store, I love J. Crew, I love this, I love that. Love here is not the same. This agape love is not the same as that. So one of those, one of those things, uh, again, as I go back, is we're, we're being encouraged to not just have relationship and partnership with one another, just like everyone else around us. Because everyone else around us is like, yeah, I have a relationship with so-and-so. We are called to love one another. We are to have an agape love for one another, right? Actually, we must have an agape love for one another. So don't copy the definition of, of the, the love that the word apply to. I use that sometimes, but apply in terms of how we are to love each other. We are to have this biblical love for one another. And this is what a biblical love is. The passage on 1 Corinthians 13 is to love one another, what it should look like, right? Patient, kind, um, humility, honoring, forgives, protect, trust, hope, persevere. It is an agape love that originates from the heart. It's not a religious thing. It's not about what we do on the surface or what we say. If what we say or what we do don't start with love, it is nothing. So if you are familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the first uh, three verses, Paul was saying, if I can prophesy and have all the wisdom and if I give all my possessions to the poor, but I don't have love, then it is, ain't got nothing. It is nothing. It is nothing. So essentially, that's what the first three verses are trying to say. So the first three verses are prepping us for what love really is. It's not about the doing. Don't get me wrong. The doing is good, but it needs to originate from a place of love. Because if it's not, then it is nothing. It's just another religious ritual, a religious activity that we do. And I want to use an example, and hopefully I won't put these guys on the spot, but um, Jake, right, when he got into an accident, and Cynthia, after her surgery, we all gathered together to bring a meal. So if, if, so hopefully this it will be encouraging instead of challenging or rebuking. So if we brought a meal because we wanted to, we wanted to bless them, it's because we love them, versus, well, I'm supposed to because we belong to the same church, so I have to bring them a meal. So, so that's, that's an incorrect thinking. So that's what Jesus is trying to tell us. Do it because of our love for one another. It's not because it's a religious thing. Otherwise, it will become another religious ritual that we have to do, pile on top of all the things that we have to do throughout the day. So no wonder why everyone's going to get grumpy. But we've got to do it from a place of love for one another. Right? So it means nothing if we do or say to each other doesn't originate, originate from this agape love, right? a selfless, unconditional love. I want to quickly go through this passage on love. So loving one another means being what? Firstly, um, can you go back to that passage uh, where I highlight patient, right? Not 
patient as in understanding that not all of us are on the same level, same pace, same revelation, same understanding uh, of Jesus. Not, not all of us have the same gifting. Not all of us have the same skills. Or not all of us understand the same love language, right? Some may be uh, serving. Some may be um, word of affirmation. But when we have patience for one another, it doesn't really matter whether people are on different paces. We still love one another. To be kind, which is what? Generous. Generous in sharing. right? Sharing our knowledge. Sharing our possessions. Uh, being considerate. Being friendly. Instead of being grumpy. Even though we, have an, we may have a bad day, but we can still be friendly. right? If we have this agape love for one another. Uh, not envy. Don't compare. We talked about this a lot. Don't compare as we focus on what we do. Because if we compare, we lose track of the special and unique plans and purposes that God has for each of every one of us. And also, we lose track of or encourage them or, or spur them on to the things that God has for them specifically. Because when we envy, we don't encourage them. And we lose track of what we want to do and what God has for us. Not boast, right? Boast is putting ourselves before others. It leads to when we try to somehow boast, we put ourselves up, and when we put ourselves up, we bring other people down. So that will lead to bringing people down, not, not encouraging other people, not speaking well of others, not proud before others. That's another thing. It's about humility. Love is about humility when we love one another. Right? Learning from one another and acknowledging that we have learned from other people, that we have a lot of things to learn, and the things that we are doing right now is because we have learned from someone else. It's almost the same thing as when you don't want to um, uh, copy someone's work. What's, what's the term for that? Um, uh, yeah, well, kind of imitate, but like, there's a legal term. Don't, don't uh, plagiarize. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Don't plagiarize. It's the same thing, right? We want to acknowledge don't be proud to say that, oh, I know this. It's because I've learned it from someone else. Someone has gone before me. I've learned it from watching others. Um, love one another is not self-seeking, self-explanatory, uh, attention-seeking. You know, don't always try to bring our name up and glorify the things that we do, glorify our quote-unquote ministry, so to speak. You know, we talked about this all the time. It's about Jesus. We belong to Jesus. He's the head of this church. So that's what we need to do. When we start putting our names at the head of so-and-so, that's when we start glorifying ourselves. That's what, that's what self-seeking is. Uh, not dishonor one another, which means no accusations, right? No gossip. Because it's very easy to gossip. It's very easy to plant seeds of division and dissension. But we have to always speak well of others. Acknowledging, like I was saying earlier, when you acknowledge other people's accomplishment, acknowledge their gifting, acknowledge the things that they have gone before us, acknowledge the sacrifice and the cost that they have given up. That means we're giving credit to others. We, we're honoring others for what they have done. We speak well of others. So that's not dishonoring. Yeah, so to honor others. Um, where am I? Not self-seeking before others. That's the same thing as attention-seeking. Not easily anger by actions or words of others. When we love one another, there's no honor when we bring anger across. We're not honoring other people. When we are anger, when we easily anger, right? when we love one another, it's keep no records of wrongs. Don't bring up mistakes, right? When you say you forgive someone, you forgive someone. 
Don't bring up mistakes or don't bring up the things that, that was done wrong to us. Keep no records of wrong. That's how we're able to move on. That's an example of how Jesus has loved us, right? He kept no records of wrongs because otherwise we wouldn't have been forgiven of our sins. So for us, it's the same thing of how we are to treat with each other. Instead of, well, two years ago, you said this about me, and, and I'm bringing this back up. Keep no records of wrong. That's how we are to love one another. So at the same time, as I was going through this, uh, some of the things that has come through so far, it just seemed like you're supposed to stand in the background, right? You're supposed to lift each other up, which is true. However, agape love is not about being behind the scene. It is also about being in the front, taking initiative, being front-footed, being the ones to step up to put our reputation on the line, being the ones to, to put our possessions and our, maybe our physical bodily harm on the line. And that is to what? Protect one another. You can only protect people if you go to the front. If you go to the front line, that's how you protect someone. If you're always in the back, people is going to die off before it gets to you. So at least that's my definition of it. So that's why when, you, when we watch this, I love action movies, as you guys know. When you watch action movies, leaders are always the first one to ride out. You know, sometimes I stop myself and I ask, you know, if they're always the first to ride out, they, most likely they're going to be the first to die. But somehow, because we're leaders, because of how their love for the people, just as Jesus loved for us, he went first. Right? He sacrificed himself. So as we are to love one another, we'll always protect. When we always protect, that means we need to be in the front. We need to be in the front line. We need to be able to put ourselves out, out there, being vulnerable, looking foolish, to protect those that we love, to protect one another. And do that for all of those God has put at restoration, not just a few good friends. Not, I will always protect Gavin. But Jake, sorry man, you're on your own. We always protect each other, always. Not just those that we like or those who've given us money or those who've done us favors. Love one another. Always protect one another. Always trust one another. See, that's another thing about being in the, in the forefront, being upfront, because when we go in the front and protect other people, we're trusting that they will follow. They will follow us because they see that we always trust, always protect. So don't make assumption and trust what was said. Right? If someone said there's no problem, there's no problem. If someone said, if someone said there's a problem, ask them what the problem is. Don't assume, are well, they just kidding? No. If they said there's a problem, there's a problem. If they said there's no problem, there's no problem. Don't make assumption. Don't try to read between the lines. And it's the same thing for us. When we trust someone, when we love someone, tell them what you want to tell them. Don't try to say things between the lines. Always be truthful. Thank you. Always hope for the best for one another and from one another. Always hope for the best of one another and from one another also. Because when we live like that, we will instill some of these incredible characters to others also. Always perseveres for one another. Always perseveres for one another and with one another. God brought us together for a reason, right? We are always to trust one another, always protect one another, always persevere with one another and for one another. Don't give up on one another. And what is this agape love? It's to rejoice with the truth. 
right? Rejoices in the truth of one another. That comes with like testimony. That comes with speaking the truth of the goodness of God, of who God is. Rejoices when someone uh, expands on scriptures. Rejoices when someone uh, has been given a revelation of who God is and what God is saying to them and to us. Rejoice together and love. This agape love for one another never fails. This love will never fail when we love one another in this way. Never fail in what? Never fail in allowing others to see that we are disciples of Jesus. People will know, as Jesus said, everyone will know that you are my disciple because of your love for one another. When we love one another with, with this agape love, it will never fail for others to see that we are his disciples. It will never fail in terms of letting others know of who we belong to, right? That we belong to a kingdom of God. We're different. We're different than everyone else. We don't keep records of wrong. We forgive. When we say we forgive, we forgive. We always trust. We always protect. We always honor people. And that's the greatest gift, if I can say. Actually, Scripture said this. That's the greatest gift of all, this agape love. Above all the other amazing gifts, amazing, indescribable, and, and miraculous, supernatural gifts, which are also from God, but this agape love is the greatest gift of all. Jesus didn't say, go and show them all the incredible and supernatural gifts so they will know that you're my disciples. He didn't say, he did tell us to go heal the sick, make disciples, pray for people, expect miracles, but he didn't say, go and pray all those things, and they will know that you're my disciples. He said, love one another, and they will know that you're my disciples because of your love for one another. He didn't say about uh, giving our possessions. He didn't say about how we worship, whether we jump up and down, or whether we just stand still, or whether how much money we give away. Through your love for one another, they will know that you're my disciples. So we, we do want all these incredible, amazing gifts, right? But what did Jesus say? A new command I give you. You must love one another, just as I have loved you. Sorry, I got a little bit too passionate. I lost track of where I am. So if this, if this agape love is not challenging for us, having this agape love for one another, if I can say this, we're not doing it correctly. Please don't be offended. This is amazingly difficult to do. When I read through this again, it's like, wow, that's very challenging, right? If you don't think it's challenging, please read it again. It is very challenging to always protect, always trust, always persevere, never dishonor anyone, always forget, always be patient, always kind. Don't seek um, our self-attention. So it's challenging because we're constantly surrounded and we're constantly bombarded with this worldly love and what that is, people loving themselves, people putting themselves first, right? That's what we're always around in the culture that we live in, right? The lovers of fame, lovers of status, and lovers of self. This is what we live in right now. That's what we see in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. I don't mean to be uh, harsh to make it sound um, like end time, but we are told to live differently, and we are told to love differently, Right? As I said, we live in the world of me, myself, and I. I catch myself doing that sometimes. I admit it. 
So eventually, that mentality, because of, of the so, surround, everything around us is about me, myself, and I, right? How can I look better? How can I look good? It, will, it, it, it may infiltrate our mindset if we isolate ourselves. If Going back to isolation. If we isolate ourselves and not love one another, we will get influenced by the culture and the, and, and the influence around us. So some practical application on how, how we can live this out, right? How we can walk out this agape love for one another. The first thing first is ask for help from the Holy Spirit to have this agape love. Because I can honestly say this, we cannot not naturally on our own have this agape love for one another. I hope that's challenging for all of us. And I hope we're not being offended. We cannot naturally have this. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit to show us on how to love people just as Jesus has loved us. So then we can be transformed in how we love people differently. Instead of, I love my dress. I love my jacket. I love the Minnesota Vikings. I have this agape love for one another. That's, what, that's, that's why we need the Holy Spirit to, to reveal things to us, to give us more patience, right? More kindness. And, and to allow us to honor others, even though we may feel like they have, been, they have wronged us, but because we have this agape love, we keep no records of wrong. And that can only come from the Holy Spirit bringing life within us. So that's number one. Ask the Holy Spirit daily, daily to uh, bring revelation to us and allow us to love others just as Jesus has loved us. The second thing is um, if, I, if I can encourage you guys to remind each other, remind ourselves of this passage on love from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Go read it again in your own time and apply that to our interaction with each other, with one another. Right? We believe in prayers. I think you guys know that. We believe in a supernatural. I think I have said this from the front. One of these days, I'm going to see someone come back from the dead, and I'm trusting for that. I'm expecting it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm expecting it. I'm, I, I'm actually expecting for the land to eventually stand up and walk. I haven't seen it yet, but because Scripture said so, I believe in it with everything that I am. But however, we need to remember, we need to have this agape love for one another also. I'm not minimizing all the other gifts because Jesus said you must love one another. And the greatest gift is our love for one another. Because this is the major component for, um, for how we are to gather, right? We gather because of our love for one another. We worship because of our love for one another. We serve because of our love for one another. We, we um, share the gospel because of our love for one another. Otherwise, as I said earlier, it will become a religious ritual. Another one more thing to do. And I don't want to do one more thing that I don't have to do on a Sunday morning. Who does, Right? Our times are limited, but we do it because of our agape love for one another, because of Jesus has loved us, and we love one another. And eventually, it'll spill out into those outside of restoration. So I want to end by, by saying that this command from Jesus is very challenging for all of us, myself included. I've said that before. So I don't want to say that uh, this is just for you guys, and I have mastered this. Um, Vanessa will tell you guys that I have not. So... <laughs> Um, however, we must ask the Holy Spirit to help us in having this agape love for one another. Not only because Jesus said that we must have this for one another. It is so everyone will know 
that we are followers of Jesus Christ. Because our goal is always going to be the Great Commission, to share the gospel. But in order to get there, we need to get people to listen to us. And in order for them to listen, for them to know who we are and what we have to say, they need to know that we're a disciple of Jesus Christ. So they need to know how we became Jesus Christ. It's not because there's so much uh, out there in the world about Christians being hypocrites. Uh, stereotypes exist for a reason, right? So we need to be able to live differently, live differently, and live with this agape love. And when we have that, it will give us uh, the, 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 uh, the ability to share the gospel from a position of respect and honor because of how we love one another. People, everyone else will see how we love one another much differently than the world, how they love each other. We, the position of respect and honor is because of our selfless, right, and unconditional love for one another. They will realize, oh, so-and-so, Marie, she has this selfless, unconditional love for the people at Restoration. Let me see what she has to say. Why does she have that? How is she able to do that? How is she able to keep no records of wrong? How is she able to always trust, always protect, always persevere? When we have this love, we will be respected and honored because our agape love is something radical, completely different than the world's understanding of love, right? I know I've said it, that before, but it's, it may seem um, common, but it's not. It is not common at all. I know we know this because we are exposed to a different kind of love every day between Sundays, right? Can I say that? It ain't love, no. And, and for us, we must have this agape love for one another because that's a first step. First step in carrying out the commission that Jesus has given to each and every one of us, if I can say that. Because having this agape love is, that does not replace the commission that Jesus is giving us. Having this agape love is just a, a platform. Just picture it like a platform that we can stand on. Suddenly people see us differently, right? We're, 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 we're different than everyone else. We're standing on this platform, this agape love, something different from something unique, something that's radical and we can share the gospel from that place because we are living out what it is to be loved by Jesus and it is to love one another. And, and when they see that and we share the love of Jesus for us, that he died for us, hopefully they will catch a little taste, right, of, of our love for one another. They will catch a little selfless an unconditional love that we have for one another. And who would not want a little taste of that? Can you say that? Who would not want to always have someone to be patient, to be kind, to know that they're always protected, to know that they always trust, they will always be honored. They will want a piece of that so we can speak life into them, speak about who Jesus is and how he came and died for each and every one of us and how much he loved each and every one of us. But going back to John 13, Jesus said, you must love one another. As a reminder, it's not an option. It's not, well, I'm really busy. I don't have time for friends. So what? We must love one another. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. It's not even a guideline. We must love one another. 
It's not something that we just do on the side or just a few people in our little close circle. Yeah, I get, I get it. We can't hang out with everybody. But we must love one another, everyone. Everyone whom God has put around us for this season at restoration. Is it challenging? I hope so. It's very challenging for me. It's cha- it should be challenging for each and every one of us. And it's something that we should pray to the Holy Spirit to give us revelation so we can live it out and walk it out. And remember all those characters of what, is, what it is to have an agape love for one another. It's not easy. Try it. Um, I'm not saying that you guys haven't been doing it, but it's not easy. Um, so I'm going to end by saying that when, not if, when, when we can have that level of love, this agape love for one another at restoration, everyone will know that we are followers of Jesus Christ. They will know that we're not followers of this spiritual God or this mysterious God or this new age God. They will know that we are followers of Jesus Christ. They will know that we're his disciple through our love for one another. And when we have this agape love for one another, we don't have to worry about being called hypocrites. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Because the term hypocrites will not apply to us because we love one another just as Jesus loved us. And that's how we love one another. So we know that we're not being called hypocrites. So you can walk past that. You can stand strong in that platform that Jesus has given us, has taught us. And we can speak into the life that was inside of us and the love that Jesus has for us and share with them about how wonderful he is. So that's what I want to share for this morning to follow up on what Kevin and Cindy brought forth last weekend. So they talk about uh, reaching out to other people, being a blessing to other people, right? Be generous to other people. But in order for us to get on that platform, for us, what we can practically do is to love one another. Because if we love one another in this agape love, it will give us opportunity to speak into other people's life, to share with them about all the incredible things that Jesus has done for us and who he is and why he died for us. So, amen.